Greetings, church and uh, friends of the church. Um, it's Easter weekend. Um, today's Holy Saturday. Um, I am sitting outside the church building on Town Center Road. Uh, I was out here all morning uh, taking donations from the neighborhood uh, for the sake of the community cupboard. Um, this is the fifth weekend that we're in this weird time of wilderness and isolation. Um, where we can't engage and relate to God in the same ways that we're used to. Uh, we can't come here and go in that building together and step through our religious practices. Uh, we don't relate to one another in the ways that feel normal. Um, we can't just go find each other in our pews and our regular seats. Um, we can't relate to our neighborhood and the world's, world around us in the same way um, that we're used to. We can't go be out in our social circles in the same way with our friends and our neighbors. We can't be helpful to others in the same way. Um, our kids can't play in the same way. Um, we have a lot of questions about the boundaries that exist um, now that didn't used to. And, and maybe in this season, we're seeing that some boundaries we thought were there weren't really there. Um, and, and this is a strange time uh, for self-reflection too, for self-understanding. Uh, it's hard to relate to ourselves in the ways that we're used to because we just have such different schedules, different tasks, different ways of doing things, different expectations on us. And for many of us, that's led to a real exhaustion um, and stress in trying to be normal um, in a time that's anything but. Um, this is the wilderness. Um, in this reflection, um, I invite us all to consider that as we are present to this reality, that our lives are connected, whether we like it or not, um, and that our well-being is bound up in the well-being of every other life on this planet, as well as the planet itself, as empathy is compelling us to reprioritize our actions and our goals, our measurements of the goodness in life, and as, as we are compelled by that idea that part of a good and beautiful human life is seeking to extend uh, privilege so that all life together is just. Um, I invite us to consider that as we are doing that, we realize we are not truly in control. One of the things that happens in the wilderness is that we realize that we are not truly and ultimately and totally in control. The mysterious higher power, the mysterious creator and sustainer that many of us call God, has a level of control that is above and far beyond uh, what we have. The learned awareness that that higher power, that God, is in control of life, that we all have a need and a need together for the life-sustaining and life-giving force that is bigger than any one of us or any group of us, that we see that in the stories that are in our scriptural and spiritual history. The generations of Abraham's family learned that they could not control and create the life-sustaining elements of water, rain, flocks, or land. They had to open themselves to identifying and learning these God-given rhythms and forces. By the time Joseph came around, several generations down that tree, 
they as a people were so aware and learned that Joseph was able to help all of Egypt to avoid um, being crushed by famine. Moses and the Israelites in Exodus learned that it was uh, God's orchestration of willing human partners with the right relationships and the right skills that led to them being freed from their slavery. They learned that water and manna to sustain them for their long journey through the wilderness could not be created or controlled by them. Centuries later, when the Israelites were exiled by the uh, Persian and Babylonian empires, removed from their homeland, shipped off to new places, they learned what Jeremiah wrote, which we considered in a previous one of these reflections, that God would ensure their well-being by compelling them to seek the well-being of others. They could not control and create a life for themselves and uh, in and of themselves uh, in the same ways that they did back in the good old days when it was just them. They had to be open to this larger force at work compelling them uh, and orchestrating in new ways, um, calling forth new relationships. Jesus launched his movement in the midst of Roman occupation, a wilderness time in which his people were forced to learn that they were not in control of their own existence, but that God was at work in the midst of their circumstances to sustain life and well-being. That whole region of the world learned that it was not a human-controlled religious or social revolution that brought justice to that empire but the steady God-orchestrated movement of uh, love for neighbor. In the wilderness, we learn to relinquish a sense of total individual control over life. We learn that we cannot on our own make, manufacture, earn, or uh, accumulate a good and healthy life. We cannot completely control the outcome of our lives. There is far more at play and far too many factors. We learn that we depend on the life-sustaining forces of the mysterious creator we call God, and we learn that we depend on each other. As God compels and orchestrates other people in the connection of our community for the sake of the good of all. When we consider these stories uh, from our scriptural and spiritual history and the stories from our own lives where we're prone uh, to point to the work of God in our midst because um, the outcomes were not something that we could have brought about for ourselves, we, we realize that saying that God is in control does not mean that we have no control whatsoever. We're not saying that God's pulling all the strings in life and that we are just some sort of freedomless um, puppets or robots without power or any agency, not at all. Joseph had to choose to put his knowledge of farming to use, just like his aunt's uh, descendants in exile. That was theirs to control. Moses had to choose to leverage his relationships and his knowledge of Egypt. That was his to control. Jesus and his disciples had to exercise their own control over their days in the midst of God's larger control. God does God's part. God controls what God controls. 
and we control what we can control within the limitations of our own being in our own context. God doing God's part, God controlling what God controls, and this is an idea that we, um, we have to be careful with. We have to go into that idea carefully. I would argue that God does not cause everything for a reason. After decades of reading from and, and preaching from the Bible and, and giving the most weight when I do uh, to what Jesus did and taught and seeking to formulate my own spiritual worldview, I've come, to, I've come to understand and believe that God does not cause the bad. God is in charge of and in control of creating and sustaining the universe. God has loaded the world and the creatures within it, including you and me, with the potential to be a place and a people of life and well-being. There's a, there's a story in John's Gospel, it, it might be my favorite story in all the scriptures, about how Jesus and his followers come upon a man who is blind. And they ask... Um, they ask Jesus, what did this guy or his parents do that caused God to make him blind? And Jesus' response was, neither. Neither this man uh, nor his parents sinned or, or did something that earned this for him. In other words, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Jesus redirected them to, to look for God's activity and look for God's work look for evidence of God's being in the healing that was accomplished, in the good that came. God causes and controls the creative and the sustaining. In the midst of our wilderness, I believe that we have to affirm that God has not caused this virus to plague the world. God has not done this to us as a world on purpose either as punishment or test or some sort of utilitarian measure where the overall good that comes out of it overweighs or outweighs the cost of the, the bad, the loss of life. God does not cause the bad. The very first words of our scriptures, the creation poetry in Genesis 1, affirm that the creative forces of God called forth a world that is good and is beautiful, but is not perfect. There is room within the rhythms of creation for illness, for failure, and for pain. There's room in creation for us to exert our own control in ways that cause harm to others and to the world. We can choose violence. We can choose greed. We can choose to abuse and neglect the physical world. The wars, the poverty, the, sh the shameful inequality, the careless disregard for the earth, none of those fall under the category of God is in control and caused these, but under the category of humanity has the free will to control what we are able, and sometimes we fail, and we've done this to ourselves. Under the category of God is in control are all of those rhythms and patterns that we cannot create or control. And exercising our own control 
uh, of our minds and spirits, we can choose to acknowledge and participate in these ways of God, in these truths. Or we can choose to ignore and defy them. By God's control, the earth has the ability to provide and sustain uh, for our needs of water and food and shelter. That's always been true. And it always will be. No one earns that. It's simply the way that creation is and always will be. Jesus affirmed this in his most famous sermon when he said that God sends the sun and the rain on both the righteous and the unrighteous. It is human control that holds some away from having enough by the provision of the world around us. By God's control, we live in the midst of an interconnected social network of relationships with other human beings and creatures. And we live longer, healthier, and more fulfilling lives when we affirm and embrace the reality of that interconnection. The scientific studies prove that our species thrives when we love instead of hate when forgiveness helps us to overcome fracture and grudge and antagonism, when we seek the common good over self-interest, when we prioritize compassion for others rather than accomplishment or consumption for our own sake, and when we have a spiritual and social worldview that is based on the inclusion of all rather than any sort of religious or political fundamentalism that's based on the exclusion of some. When we acknowledge and embrace these big and beautiful godly realities that are that are out of control, our control, and can only be attributed to a force that is bigger than any one of us or us together, that's when the wars end. That's when violent empires collapse and the poor are lifted up instead of being held down. And we get to the point where we're saying that there are some non-essential things that I've been doing and some really essential things that I have been ignoring or rejecting. And I need to let those false and hurtful ideas and attitudes and priorities die. And on this Easter weekend, when uh, Christians around the world tell the story of the resurrection of Jesus, uh, we are reminded that by God's control, we live in a physical world in which death will never have the final word. Mass and energy cannot be destroyed and they do not dissipate, but they can take on new forms that are not uh, immediately recognizable. Seeds fall to the ground and die, but, but when they do, new life springs forth that that eternal nature uh, and the eternal cycle of life is not within our control no prayer or belief statement earns that for us easter is not a celebration of selective salvation for some but a celebration of the gift of life that is already ours by God's eternal nature and God's control. The next uh, phase of our life is a, it's, a, it's a mystery to all of us. Um, 
as all that mass and energy that, that is us takes on new forms that are not recognizable in the here and now. And we ought to be weary of anyone who thinks that they can understand and completely explain the details of this mystery. Um, all Jesus told his followers is that he was going there. Um, and that by God's eternal nature and love and control, that there was a, a place prepared there for us all. Um, God is in control of the God stuff. Bringing new life, sustaining life through the potential for provision that's loaded within the earth, water, sunlight, and winds of our world. And calling that which dies to be transformed into new phases of life in this eternal cycle. But we have to be in control of the people stuff. We have to choose to participate in those godly rhythms in order for what God intended for us and our life together to be fully realized. We have to choose what is loving instead of what is hateful. We have to choose forgiveness instead of antagonism. We have to choose cooperation over violence. We have to choose compassion over self-interest. We have to choose the common good over careless individual liberty. Because when we make choices within our limited control that are um, the opposite of or antagonistic of the rhythms of this world that God has placed within it, um, then what God intends breaks down. And, and, and that's not God's fault or God's intention. Um, so we need to be faithful uh, human beings participating in those godly rhythms. In this wilderness, what does that mean? Well, it, it means that we have to stay home if we're able. Um, if we're not out doing an, an essential thing, we have to choose to not hoard toilet paper. <laughs> we have to choose, you know, as a people, uh, as, as towns and states and nations to manufacture necessary medical equipment rather than manufacturing things that, that, that make people, make some people money, uh, but don't help everyone. Um, it, it means that our brightest scientific minds need to choose to use their powers for the common good now. Um, in seeking some sort of medical response or cure to this virus. It means we have to choose patience over rushing back to what we think is normal because of fear when we know that rushing back poses great risk to this thing propagating even further and causing even more uh, loss of life. We have to choose to open ourselves as, as scary as it may be to the possibility that we may we might never go back to what we knew is normal and that we have to start to learn the lessons of the wilderness now for the sake of a new normal moving forward. We have to choose to be open to what we learn in the present rather than simply longing for a resurrection of all that was. We have to do all that we are able to do within our control. Maybe this means um, learning how to grow food, 
so that we can take advantage of all that possibility that God has loaded within the rhythms of our world. Maybe this means uh, picking up the phone, making a phone call, sending a text message in search of forgiveness and reconciliation. Maybe this means reflecting or praying or talking with someone you trust until you can set down a religious or a political ideology that lacks compassion for others and is based on exclusion. Maybe this means making a grocery delivery or supporting a food pantry or saving up so that we can give generously for the sake of those who are coming out of this season lacking food, shelter, uh, meaningful work. God is in control of the God stuff. But God isn't the only actor in our story. We have to do our part. We cannot yet control um, how this virus works. We cannot control when this will all end. So there are some ways that we need to learn that we cannot control life and that all of the consuming, accomplishing, producing that we used to think automatically leads to a good life for us can't automatically deliver on that promise. But there are some ways that we need to learn that we do have control. And more importantly, that we can exercise this control in line with the life-giving and life-sustaining rhythms of this world that God has created within our existence. And when we get this, instead of just hunkering down and waiting for this all to magically end and go back to normal, but instead seek to do what we can in line with the life-giving and life-sustaining ways of God, that's when we will help to carry each other through this trying time. Friends, God did not do this to us. God is in control in ways that assure the most possible life and goodness to come out of this. And it's as we are present to God and one another and ourselves in the midst of this that we will see that. And our lives will more align with those rhythms. And we will emerge from this season giving thanks for all the goodness and all the life that we have. Be well, stay home, stay safe. Peace be with you.